Welcome into From the Bleachers, a Sambros University podcast. In this episode, we will hear from Sambros senior bowler Nate Stubler. Nate, thanks for being here today. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And so we're going to get right into it here. How old were you when you began bowling? Uh, so I actually began bowling at the age of two years old. Uh, I basically grew up in the game as my uh, father and uncle both owned a bowling center, and they operated it for about 34 years, so pretty much been in it my whole life. Is that what kind of drove you to want to keep bowling your whole entire life? Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of aspects into it. Um, definitely, like, you know, I enjoy being competitive and especially, like, you know, with bowling, like, that's just kind of where my background has always begun, just because I, you know, basically grew up in a bowling center. So for that reason, that's always played a large role uh, into it. But, you know, just trying to be competitive with anything and, like, you know, with bowling and with any sports, like, you have teammates, you know, you build a lot of relationships and friendships with people. So for that reason, too, like, there's a lot of fun benefits of that, too. And was there any role models for you growing up? Anyone that you watched, maybe pro bowlers or just anyone around where you grew up? Um, definitely when I grew up, I was a big fan of watching Pete Weber. You know, he's always known for, uh, like the memes and the antics and stuff that he pulls. But like, the thing is like, I kind of see that side of his antics and in all reality, like, you know, he's not afraid of who he, who he goes up against, you know, like he kind of like, it's kind of an intimidation factor that he pulls. So like, that's always been something that's kind of interesting. And I've tried to like adapt to my game where I'm not like so much in your face, you know, if I'm, if I'm bowling you in match play or something like he is, but you know, like. I'm just, you know, you just never want to be afraid to back down to anybody because, like, anything can happen, so. And growing up, did you compete in any leagues or anything, or was it just more of, like, I bowled for fun? Um, so, yeah, I pretty much grew up bowling uh, two leagues um, from probably, like, ages 4 to, like, 16, and uh, I bowled those on Fridays and Saturdays after school on Fridays, Saturday mornings early, so, you know, my, my whole week was pretty much revolved around school and bowling for the most part, so, I mean, that's always kind of kept me in it and competitive and the fun thing about it too, like bowling with league, like you can uh, choose who you, you know bowl against and who you bowl with and stuff. So you can bowl with competitive friends if you want, or you can just keep it fun if you want to. And you know, it's it's really up to you how you want to do it. And some high schools do actually have bowling teams, while others do not. Mm-hmm. Did your high school have a bowling team you were able to participate in? And if not, what how what kind of challenge was that? Yeah, so fortunately for me, I was able to, and uh, so I'm from Illinois, and Illinois is actually kind of big for bowling, especially like with the youth program and all, and with high school bowling. So uh, I believe our high school has had the program since, I want to say 2001, about maybe a little bit uh, prior to that, but my dad actually uh, started the program and pretty much um, ran it for 20 years until he retired a year after I graduated from high school. So um, that's always kind of been nice too, uh, being able to you know, like when I was really young, I get to I got to look up to some of his high school bowlers that were really talented and look at those people and, you know, be like, wow, like, I can't wait to do this someday. Like, it was always kind of something to look forward to. And uh, luckily, Illinois IHSA is really good with bowling, too. So, like, there were, um, you know, we have meets typically weekly or we would have meets typically um, going against conference schools, non-conference schools, and then on tournaments. Almost every other Saturday we had tournaments, so we'd bowl uh, six games throughout, and it was kind of just like total pinfall, so like highest points wins pretty much. So like they've always had that, and uh, so yeah, luckily I was fortunate to you know be in Illinois at that time, and a lot of times like they were, um, they're actually modeled after by a lot of states too with how they ran their high school program. So I was really really uh, thankful that like I had the opportunity to bowl in Illinois for so long. 
And what are some difficulties of bowling that an average fan or someone who goes to the bowling alley on the weekends would not understand? Um, I would definitely say number one is uh, why our equipment, our, why our bowling balls hook compared to others that just go out casually. Because the bowling balls that we have, um, for the most part, like they're, they're just made out of a different material and like you know, like bowling, bowling balls are heavy. Like they can range between like eight to like 15 pounds. So like the weight block in them are like, sh or weight blocks in them are shaped differently. So versus like when you, you know, go to your average bowling center and like you go to like pick up a house ball, like those don't really have like weight blocks that have shapes in them. So as much as it is like, yeah, like our hand motion too, um, the, the ball also does like a lot of the work for us too. So, um, so yeah, there's that challenge. And then also the whole thing with, uh, like lane patterns too like with the oil that's put out on the lane and stuff and like a lot of people think like for some reason like oh like the more oil like the more it hooks and like you know kind of like a vice versa thing like it's it's kind of like miscommunication there but um in all reality like there's oil out in the lane we can't really see it and kind of comparing it to golf it's like when you have wind like you have to judge that you know like when you're golfing like you know the characteristics of like what's on the ground like you can see if there's a sand trap if there's water around but like you don't really know necessarily what the wind is or like what the wind is uphill or downhill and that's kind of how bowling is too because in all reality you know the more we throw our bowling ball down the lane the more oil gets spread out so that makes it a little diff little bit more difficult too with that and um also kind of defining going back to what i said about the bowling balls um you know like with each bowling ball having like a different weight block in them they're also made out of like different materials so some are made out of like a urethane kind of thing or some are made out of like carbon fiber so it's kind of interesting like what like the covers are made out of them which is like what we see like the outside of the bowling ball and that's kind of like you know kind of like relating that to golf again it's kind of like you have someone who has like a driver or a three wood you know like their irons and like uh, their wedges and putter obviously like those are all different tools they need to be successful in golf that's how bowling is too so when you see somebody who bowls competitively and you're like oh why do you have five or six bowling balls it's because it's kind of like the same concept as that. Like we have a spare ball that doesn't hook, so we can throw it, um, you know, strictly at spares for more accuracy. And then we have like the urethane balls, you know, help like the ball not hook as much so we can control it better and like making sure like trying to get it to the pocket on uh, tougher conditions. So that's definitely helpful with that. And uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, like bowling, there's a lot of aspects to it that really do make sense, but like, to the average person like it's hard to like understand you know and kind of like like golf is kind of like that too i feel like in some aspects yeah exactly and i know when i go to bowling alleys i always look up and i'll see the 300 the perfect game and you're always like wow someone for me i'm always like how did someone do that have you ever had a perfect game before <laughs> uh so yeah i've actually had 31 perfect games before. really so yeah i had my first one at the age of 12 so wow. again i've been i've been doing this sport for a long time so like you know that's that's pretty much why but uh but yeah it's it's let me tell you that's one feeling that like it never gets any easier like after the first one obviously because you know like you got the build up and all but like when you have to like wait your turn like you do feel the anxiousness and like yeah for probably from like the second one to like the 31st like it never felt as if it got any easier you know like it's just it's one of those things that's like it feels great every time you do it you know so and now transitioning into college here a little bit, was San Ambrose your top choice when you were going through your college decisions? Um, so actually, yeah. 
So Ambrose was the all-around great decision in terms of where I wanted to go for schooling and bowling because, you know, as much as I've grown up, you know, in a bowling center, as much as I've loved bowling, um, bowling isn't the main focus, you know, with college. Obviously, like, getting a degree, you know, getting my major, like, what's more, you know, what's going to help me grow down the line, obviously, and, like, what's going to set me up for the rest of my life. So I'm an accounting major, and uh, coming to St. Ambrose, um, like, they have a really great accounting, a really great accounting program here, and uh, currently on a five-year plan where I'm going to get my master's after my fifth year, so I only have to go back one year for my master's rather than the typical two. So that just kind of worked out as well, and the fact that uh, Ambrose had an up-and-coming bowling program really, you know, like, kind of set it over the edge, too, knowing that, okay, like, I'm going to go to a school that takes bowling seriously that's competitive with bowling as well as benefiting my major so right now I'm trying to balance all of that currently doing an accounting internship classes full-time and bowling as well so luckily that schedule has been um hasn't been too bad but yeah the fact that I can that I'm you know um able to do it for all four years though throughout and like never really having that many um conflict issues with those like it's it's truly a blessing in the midst of a pandemic, everything was kind of up in the air for a little bit with sports in general. How has that experience been for you, whether it be bowling this year during a pandemic or even last year, kind of sports just stopping at one point? Yeah, so that was actually a really crazy scenario last year because obviously um, when the first NBA player, you know, tested positive for COVID, uh, like everything like that week just came so quickly. Um, because we were on spring break at the time, but we were actually supposed to come back to school. If I remember correctly, I think the NBA game where that happened, um, I want to say that was on like a Wednesday Mm -hmm. and we were on spring break and on Thursday we were supposed to leave for our collegiate bowling sectional. So like we bowl for like eight months out of the year and the first six months are tournaments, you know, trying to get rankings points and stuff and trying to like determine where we're going for sectionals. Well, we were supposed to go down to Smyrna, Tennessee, which in all reality is basically Nashville. And, like, it's always a super fun trip, and that's, like, one of the four sectional locations. So, obviously, we were all super excited for that. And then we're, like, halfway down to Tennessee, and it turns out, you know, we're four hours on the drive, and it turns out that they decided to cancel the sectional because they didn't know what was happening. So... You know, four hours on our way, four hours back, and then originally having to go back home, too, because we were on break at the time was just such a such a weird scenario. And the thing was, because nobody really knew what was going on, mm-hmm. there was actually, there were still tournaments going on that weren't college-related. So, like, we didn't know what the plan was. Like, we didn't know if, like, oh, like, we're going to have sectionals next weekend. So, like, a few of us actually that were supposed to go to sectionals, like, ended up still bowling tournaments elsewhere. So, like, because at the time, like, we didn't, you know, know a whole bunch. And, you know, unfortunately did I know that that tournament that I bowled that weekend, um, that would be our last, or that would be my last tournament for, like, four months at that point. Because, you know, like, obviously right after that, like, everything was, like, canceled. So I just remember that being such a surreal time just because everything just changed, like, so quickly. And everything just stopped. So it was definitely hard trying to, obviously you know like still work on my game because you know bowling wasn't outdoors so like you know it was definitely you couldn't really go anywhere to practice and like you can't really recreate a bowling center atmosphere you know like Mm -hmm. if you have basketball like you might have a basketball hoop outside you could do that you know if you're golfing you have a golf course which is outside both bowling like a lot of us were stuck so Mm -hmm. 
uh, when Wisconsin was a little bit more lenient, I remember my first time going up to practice was after about two and a half months or three months into like the pandemic. And there was a bowling center in Wisconsin that like, like it was legal, like, you know, like there weren't any problems with it. I drove two and a half hours up to Wisconsin just to go practice and then drove two and a half hours back. Like I was like that desperate to get back into it. Cause like, that's a game too, that like I've never had be taken away, you know, from me. Like Mm -hmm. that's like something I've always done and taken so seriously and enjoyed. So the fact that for a while that was, I wasn't able to do that. Like, you know, it was just kind of difficult. So honestly, I think that practice session was worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up going back up there. I want to say twice, two more times after that, before I bowled my next tournament. So it was funny because I live in a town an hour east of here, uh, LaSalle, Peru, Illinois. Mm-hmm. So I drove two and a half hours up to Wisconsin to practice. And then my first tournament back, cause be, because Illinois was still shut down and I, uh, Wisconsin wasn't having any tournaments, Missouri did have one tournament. And I was so desperate to bowl, I drove four hours down to Missouri wow. to bowl a tournament. Yeah. And like, luckily, like it was, it was a good trip. Like me and my doubles partner, like we bowled well, so it was worth it. But you know, the fact of having to drive two and a half hours to practice and then four hours down South, you know, to Missouri to bowl is like kind of crazy, but like in all reality at the time, like that's what it was. And then even for a while too, cause Illinois was, um, you know, shut down for so long. Like I'd have to go to Iowa if I wanted to bowl or, uh, Indiana if I wanted to bowl so it kind of stunk I was like it was nice that I was right in the middle of all of those but still made the traveling like so much longer and more difficult yeah and a lot of athletes g- gained an extra year of eligibility is that something that you guys received as well yeah so fortunately um, the USBC which is like the United States Bowling Congress um, they they went along with that as well so a lot of us have an extra year of eligibility is that something you plan on taking yourself Yes, yeah, so because I'm coming back for my master's next year, I do plan on taking the free year of eligibility and coming back to the team. So, yeah, and obviously you talked about how it was so important for you finding a place that you could, because obviously school is so important to you, a place that really had a good uh, accounting center. What are your plans after graduation? So that's kind of tough. That's currently actually uh, kind of up in the air right now because obviously with accounting, my plan is to. Uh, earn my master's degree and while I'm going through that I do plan on earning my CPA so my certified public accounting license Um, so that way after that I'm just kind of you know I have that but in all reality like my dream was always to like try the PBA like the professional bowlers tour like I just you know whether it goes well or whether it doesn't it's something I've always wanted to try and you know give like a good effort towards in trying so the thing is like um I definitely want to earn my degree first and get my master's and my CPA and then maybe try that because then in all reality, like I kind of have that to fall back on, you know? So like, that's, that's just one of like the main focus points. Cause that way too, if I were to like try the tour or something, like I don't want to like fail and then be like, Oh, like, what am I going to do now? You know? And like, (laughs) so that's just one thing that has always kind of been a serious thing between me and my dad having conversations about. So kind of what we agreed on. So. Yeah, and that's an excellent plan. And the last question I have for you, we're going to talk about uh, the practice schedule this year. Probably a lot different for you, whether it be okay, we have to space out. How has that been for you, and what are the, di- what are the differences from another year? Um, so definitely in terms of practices, uh, you know, we do have to wear our masks. We do have to get uh, temperatures taken. And more so, 
it's more so when we travel to tournaments that's affected more than the practices so when we travel to tournaments um the first thing is like when we get on the bus we have to take our temperatures you know we have to check that pretty much every day make sure that we're okay um because obviously like you know we don't want we don't want to ruin it we don't want anybody to ruin the season you know because last year the fact that we got so close to the postseason like we we're on our way down to sectionals like you know we work our butts off for like six months and then all of a sudden the postseason comes around and it gets canceled so like we've been waiting so long to get back into that but uh so yeah you know we we have been taking it seriously and it's more so yeah it's more so in the tournament environment where it's affected because when we used to bowl tournaments we used to do like one team per lane kind of thing and it used to fill up like entire centers well now because we have to do all the spacing it's typically one lane in between every team so there's like like every other lane is being used so like that way like yeah we're we're with our team and we're close to our team but we're not really close to others and we have to do like synchronized like moving patterns which is kind of funky but like it, it makes sense but um so that's more so been the thing and like because we bowl in you know i mean we bowl all throughout the midwest and like even some places a little bit further west too uh you know it all kind of depends too on what the state's like what the regulations are like so one bowling center might have 40 lanes and say like we could have like 20 teams there well another state might say like oh well because you can only have 25 percent capacity you might only be allowed to have 10 teams even though it's the same size facility so that's just been kind of another funky thing to deal with too like all these massive tournaments that we used to bowl like like i mean there used to be there's two tournaments that we used to bowl where we used to have like 70 to 90 men's teams wow. like and that's like that's huge yeah you know like that's 70 to 90 colleges total coming to a tournament wow. and now like those same big tournaments maybe have like 30 at most like it's it's such a weird dynamic with it but uh yeah it's 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 really strange to say the least nate i really appreciate you being here with me today and that concludes this episode of from the bleachers a sambros university podcast be on the lookout for the next episode as we chat with basketball player John Kerr. Thanks for listening.